This is the Young Professionals Podcast, proudly brought to you by Adapt Careers, where we speak with young professionals to understand what they do in their roles day to day, how they got there and what they've learned along the way. My name is Luke Marriott. And I am Nicholas Sargent, better known as Sarge. And we are your co-hosts. Sarge, what do our listeners need to do? To stay up to date and support what we're doing, please subscribe, like the episode and leave a comment on any of our social channels. We can't wait to hear from you. Hi guys, it is Luke and Sarge here and welcome back to another episode of the Young Professionals Podcast. Luke, a bit of a different guest today. Who are we speaking to? Sarge, we do have a bit of a different guest and we're going into the esports realm today, which we haven't touched on yet. And today we've got Aaron Juris, who is a full-time Twitch streamer, which for those who aren't familiar with the space, involves streaming live video footage of himself playing video games to his social media following. Now, streamers interact with their audiences live and are a big part of the growing esports industry, which is something that we're going to explore a fair bit today. Following high school, Aaron completed a Bachelor's of Commerce majoring in Finance, Financial Planning and Commercial Law at Deakin University, then later in life went on to complete an MBA of Sports Administration through Torrens University. Starting his career at the Commonwealth Bank and then moving on to Westpac, Aaron worked for several years in financial hardship and lending before moving into the sports industry where he took up roles in coaching and sports management. Aaron eventually found his way into the AFL in early 2020, just before COVID eventually struck. Aaron now intends to raise awareness of mental health issues and the challenges social media poses to our next generation, particularly in the growing gaming community through his Twitch channel and other activities that he's doing. Aaron, it's great to have you on, mate. Welcome to the show. Mate, great intro. Luke, Sarge, thanks very much for having me, boys. Um, how are we doing? Very, very well. Um, it's interesting to get someone in a very different space that we haven't really spoken about before come on to the show. So why don't we just kick it off and you can talk us through what a Twitch streamer is and does and, and what that um, is as a career moving forward for you. Yeah, for sure. So Twitch is a platform that is owned by Amazon um, where pretty much anybody with uh, an internet connection and you know, a game that they like to play can go on and basically live stream their game experience to anyone who wants to watch it. So, you know, if you play FIFA, if you play Call of Duty, if you play Escape from Tarkov, which is my game, Civilization, Age of Empires, VR games, whatever it is, um, if you have a, a way to record your gameplay, basically you can stream it live to whoever, whoever wants to watch it. Even if it's just chatting, some people just go in there have a social media following that like their personality and just enjoy watching them talk and, and have banter. Um, it's pretty much an open, open slather really of, of whatever, whatever you want in terms of the gaming world. Um, I've played video games all my life since I was eight, nine years old. I used to sit next to my brother while he was playing games and I would just watch him and learn. And then, you know, he would go away and then I would try and play. And um, my, my passion for it has been, there, you know, ever since I was really young, I've always played competitively. Um, I'm a sporty guy. So I, I love the, the competition aspect of, of some of the games. Um, but the, the sort of Twitch streaming part that, that I like to add to it is it's not just having the gameplay footage. A lot of streamers tend to have a webcam. Um, so you can see their reactions and you can make a personal connection. Um, I think the whole direction that the world is going with our generation is to not just watch a show or a TV channel or deal with that sort of stuff. We want to connect with someone. We want to be able to interact. You know, it's 2021 now. We don't want to just sit there and watch ads and, you know, no offense to people, watch The Bachelor and stuff like that. You know, watch whatever you want. But some people like to, to just be able to connect and, and do that sort of stuff. So the, the Twitch is one of the biggest growing platforms and the biggest streaming platform pretty much in the world. When did um when did streaming become a thing? Because you said you you've been playing games since you're like eight or nine years old. Could yes. people go and uh, stream back then? Were there, there mediums through which you could watch people play? Not really. No, the internet connections that we had, especially in Australia, weren't good enough to be able to upload um, fast enough. Pretty much, um, streaming became a really big thing. Basically, right when esports and competition for video games was starting to grow and prize pools started to get put up people started to realize that, you know, I can play video games competitively and make money, you know, two or three times a year, but what do I do in the meantime? Um, and then these platforms started to pop up probably about 10 or so years ago, we started to see more, um, more people going on and, uh, you know, Twitch was the biggest one. You had ones come up like Mixer, which try to compete. 
Um, but basically I think people get very comfortable, you know, it's like trying to compete with Netflix pretty hard. Uh, once people get attached to a brand, they just, they just stick with it. Um, but I would say that probably about 10 to 12 years ago, we started to see that streamers were popping up and starting to, to build their community. Some of the big ones that I know, someone like a, you know, he's a very big in the video game space. His name's Summit. He's been going for about 10, 10 or 11 years. And he's got, I would say, almost four to 6 million followers at the moment. You know, he gets 35,000 people watching him play the same video game that I play. That's crazy. And yeah, they would have insane amount of, he would have, you know, 50,000 subscribers that pay $10 a month to watch him and support because they love that personality. But it, yeah, probably about 10, 15 years ago, it really blew up when esports started to pick up. So on that, mate, uh, we've been looking into the esports industry a little bit, and it's obviously growing exponentially at the moment. Crazy for someone like Sarge and I, who have never really been gamers ourselves. We played team sports and and all of that. Yeah. When we were younger, can you just explain in a simple way why someone would sit down and watch someone play a video game? Because from from where we're sitting, and no, there's no judgment. I just don't understand it because we've never yeah, actually played games before. So can you just like maybe put that in, in layman's terms for us? hundred percent. That's the, that's probably the biggest question I get from anyone that, that doesn't really play games. They say, but they look at me with that, the same face, like why though? Like why, why don't they just play themselves? And it's the same sort of reason that we would, we being sporty people, because I, I'm the same. I love sport. Paul Pogba's there. Ronaldo's there. I'm wearing NFL top. I follow sport <laughs> religiously. Um, your racing car chair. My racing car chair, exactly. Um, basically, it's the same concept as to why sporty people or people watch professional sport. They, throughout their life, well, pretty much everyone during school gets exposed to traditional sports, whether it's, you know, kicking the footy, kicking the soccer ball, playing volleyball in the sports gym in year six, whatever it is, you get an understanding of it can be quite difficult to become really good at this. So then when you go and see it on television or maybe you walk past your local footy ground and the, the seniors grade one is training, um, you know, at Montmorency or whatever, and you see them and you're like, man, I used to be able to kick a footy, but there's no way I could do that. So you're inclined to watch that sport because you know how hard it is to get to that level and there's no way you could do it. So you respect the amount of work that goes into it, the athleticism, the time it takes it's the exact same reason that video gamers watch other gamers play. Um, well, part of the reason why the other part is the personality and the interaction. But the main thing is that I know that I'm not the best player in the world at escape from Tarkov, which is the game that I stream. However, I have a good mix of personality and play. So that's the entertainment. However, there are players that maybe don't have the same amount of, you know, interaction or, or banter that I do, but they're that good that people just are like, I can't believe that he can, he can do that. You know, he can run around a map and eliminate the entire team within the first 30 seconds. And I can barely walk five meters without getting smacked in the head. So it's that sort of level of, I respect what they do and how much time and effort it takes to get to that level. And I know because I play that video game myself, how hard it can be to do that. So that's why they watch. It's, it's sort of a form of entertainment and, a little bit of respect in the sense that, man, how do you get that good? And and they can't put the time in, you know. I I think it sounds like there's there's a lot of respect and it and a lot of entertainment there. It's yeah, just, it's just coming in a different sort of form to to what maybe we're stereotypically used to. For sure, for sure, it's 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 a pretty. It 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 was it was baffling to me that you know I'm a streamer and and people subscribe to my channel. They pay X amount of dollars a month to support me because they know I do it full time um, and they want to keep seeing me do it. But I would never, I would, I say never now, but I, I would never have thought of supporting and paying a streamer because I'm like, I can just follow them and watch them for free. Anyway, I deal with an ad that Twitch pops up every 25 minutes. Uh, and if I'm a subscriber, I don't have the ads, but whatever, I'll deal with the ads. Cause you know, I don't want to spend the $10 a month, but now that I've started streaming for the past six, seven months, I've started becoming more attached to certain personalities. And I've been very close to clicking that subscribe button because I want to support them. And I think there's a mentality shift where um, our generation especially has the money to spend on entertainment, right? We spend five bucks a month on Netflix. We spend, you know, $50 a week going out, having a beer or whatever. We don't really like spending $80 a month on a Foxtel subscription anymore. We just, we don't use the channels. We like watching one to five things. 
So people now will pay five bucks a month for Netflix, 10 bucks a month for Optus Sport, and they still have that money that they're happy to spend on entertainment. So they now subscribe to Twitch streamers or um, other sort of streaming platforms where you can connect with a personality and, and, and support them rather than a, a big corporation, if you will. I think our generation especially tends to resonate with that more than supporting the big guy, you know, you give the little guy a shot. I, I totally agree with that. And I'm pretty big on watching YouTube in my, you know, spare time, uh, not really one for TV. And I've got mm. particular people that I follow on there and really like, I don't actually support them, but I can see myself supporting them in the future. Correct. So I, t- I get that. And okay, you sold me on, on the why, but now speaking to parents of students or other people that would be probably invested in careers of kids coming through saying, I'm really good at playing a video game. I'm going to go and do this full time. Yep. Talk to me about the practicalities of turning it into a career. Is it, you know, if you liken it to AFL or whatever other sport it might be, it would seem that you have to be pretty good for people to want to come and watch you and pay you and make it a viable career for you. A hundred percent. You need to have quite a big point of difference in all honesty to, to make it, to the point where it's your full-time job and, and it can be successful. I'm at the point where there's no way I earn, and I'm happy to, to uh, talk about this. There's no way that I earn enough money now to be able to go out on my own at the current stage of my stream, but it's the long play, right? It's, it's, it's the same sort of theory as if you open a shop, you might lose money for the first six months, but you know, you get your brand, you, you build your reputation and then it starts to, to go like this. Um, in terms of the viability of it being a career, 1 million percent in the world we live in. Yes, it is definitely an option, but you have to be realistic with yourself. You it's, it's the same sort of concept as if you go out on the footy pitch, you know, as as an under 12 or the, or the footy ground or the soccer pitch, whatever, and you dominate in this low competition, you've got to see, I've got to work my way up. What am I, what am I doing against the better players? It's the same concept. It's like, all right, I might be able to play really well against my group of mates when we sit on the couch and play, you know, split screen one V one V one V one. But what if I go online and play in tournaments? What do I, how do I perform there? And it's that same sort of, I guess, work ethic that you need to have to being a professional athlete that you need to put towards being a professional gamer. Um, because there's that many people that are sitting in their homes playing video games these days. We, you guys spoke about, and we spoke about the, the growth of the industry. You've got to think that, okay, if I'm playing four hours a day, there's probably some guy who's gone through a lot of experiences in his life that now makes him play eight hours a day. And there's some guy over there that plays 10 hours a day. So, you know, how is, how am I differentiating myself from him and how am I working harder or, you know, putting myself in those positions that allow me to actually build it up, and make it a real career and not just getting home from school and playing for two hours and just treating it like I'm going to be entitled because I'm, I'm pretty good. It doesn't work like that now, maybe in the past. Yes. But I think now we probably have to go through a little bit of experiences in your life before getting to that stage of being like, all right, I think I'm ready for this. That, that was me anyway. Uh, it sounds like the underlying themes are pretty similar regardless of what sort of job you're doing in that you've you got to tip in the time and, you know, put the time on the t- time in on the tools to get anywhere because Correct. it's not just going to happen. A hundred percent, mate. A hundred percent. Like we, we spoke about, um, well, that intro you guys gave, which was really, really nice. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of things that I've done in my life, right? I'm a 28 year old turning 29 in two months. Um, I personally am happy to admit, and I'm self-aware enough to know that if someone said, Aaron, you're good at video games eight years ago, you should have started. I know that I wasn't ready because I didn't experience the things I needed to, to get to the stage where I was willing to take the leap and I was mentally prepared to be able to sit in front of a video camera for seven hours a day and perform pretty much, because that's what you are in, in some way. You're a, an esports athlete for, for use of a better term, but also you're a performer. Like you're, you're, you're almost an actor. I don't, I don't change my personality. I'm the same as I am on camera as I am off, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think people would be a little bit naive to think that I'm good at this game. I can just go out of high school and, and be the best granted. If you're, you are the best and you've played a lot and you've tested yourself against the best and people are telling you, and you're seeing that, hang on a minute, there could be something here. hundred percent. Now's the time to roll the dice, give it a shot, but you have to also be realistic with yourself. Well, on that, Aaron, you said you, you put in a lot of work. Like what does a day today look like of a streamer? Um, so I stream seven hours a day, six days a week, Monday to Saturday. My Sunday is my only day off. Um, 
I started Do you 11th. have to fill in a time shed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in my head, mate. It's just in my head. Trust me. Um, I've got a schedule that I have on my stream that sort of keeps me responsible so that yep. people who go to my stream know that, you know, he starts at this time. So I can be late for work. Um, and you don't like feeling that no one likes being late to work, right? It's a, it's a crappy feeling. You feel down. Yeah. Um, but the day to day is I start at 1130 AM and I finish at 630 PM. Um, the reason being is where we live in, in Australia, the time zone difference between us, America and Europe. I found that that block covers everyone the best. I get the American market in the evening. I get the Australian market who work from home and I get the post after school and a little bit of after work between four to, to that 6 PM. So I found that that's probably the best chance for me to get as many people as I can through the door. Um, in terms of a day to day, I wake up nine 30 in the morning. I make sure that everything I need to do is done before I start. So meals are prepared. Everything's clean. Every single bit of clutter that might distract me while I'm playing like, all right, oh man, I got to do the dishes. I, I might die because of that. And that might cost <laughs> me three viewers. And it's, it's that, it's that fickle, right? You, you don't play well for a little bit of time. Someone goes and watches someone else. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, so that, that early morning is basically around preparation for the day slash next two days. Yep. I then stream for seven hours straight only with bathroom breaks. And I take a lunch break at 2 PM to go heat up the food that's been prepared and eat at my computer while playing. So I'm basically sitting down for those seven hours, six hours and 50 minutes. Right. And just on that for any students at high school or university that hear that and go, well, that's a long time to sit in front of a computer or a TV just a newsflash. That's what's going to happen. If you go into any corporate environment, you're sitting yeah. there for seven or eight hours. In a row. If, if not longer. Yeah. So. Exactly right. And that's why those walks to the, the kitchen to fill up your water bottle or just to get out are so important when you're in those office jobs, because otherwise you go mental. Um, but as soon as I finish at around that six thirty mark, the first thing I do literally before anything else is walk outside, start stretching and immediately do a workout. Yep. I, you have to, you have to balance the amount of time you sit in front of a screen and are not moving with exercise. This is something that I push heavily on my stream because there's a lot of people that think, Oh, what do I do? Just sit in front of a computer for 12 hours a day, play games. And then, you know, it's going to happen. It, it doesn't work yeah. like that. You have to set up, you have to realize that you're a human being and the human mm. mind needs exercise. The human body needs exercise. It, it helps a lot. Uh, it's also good for your confidence, right? I have a funny saying, uh, Pat McAfee, who's a sports personality in the NFL, also sort of uh, takes the piss out of it a little bit and says, look good, feel good, play good, right? Mate, 100%, that is a real thing. I play better. I am a better human being when I'm exercising and when I feel confident and better yeah. about myself. And I think that's an underlying issue that the gaming community maybe doesn't put enough importance on. Mm. And these are the sort of stuff you realize when you get older, right? It's I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to people who are 15, 16 and think you're an idiot. I'm just a young kid. I can do better. You'll realize when you get older, you guys know we've all been through those changes and until you experience it, it's very hard to, to talk about it without sounding condescending. Um, but yeah, I, back to, that's what I was doing. I think it's called wisdom. Yeah, potentially, <laughs> potentially. Um, but yeah, I, I go and exercise for an hour. So that gets me to seven 30. I then sit and watch YouTube for 15 minutes while I'm cooling down. Yeah. I, I like playing chess. So Queen's yeah. Gambit, I've watched twice. Um, you know, the whole world has just blown up in terms of chess. So I watch a bit of chess videos. I play some online games and then I start getting hungry. So I go cook dinner. Um, if I don't have anything prepared or anything ready, I eat dinner at eight 30. I then sit down and as crazy as it sounds to some people after playing for seven hours a day, six days a week at about 9 PM, the last thing I want to do is play more video games. That's, that's not what I want to do anymore. And it's, it's a weird shift that's happened. I, I didn't expect it. I used to play 12, 13 hours a day. No problem, man. Not anymore. It's, it's like, does a banker go home and just do more banking? Does a, a data analysis go home after spending 12 hours in an Excel spreadsheet and then start playing with more formulas? Man, you just, you get so tired. I end up just watching my mates play. They, they privately stream through a, a, a program called discord, which is what we mm. use to communicate as well. And I just sit there, watch while I'm eating dinner. We, we, we talk crap. We have banter. Yeah. Um, and I, I barely play off stream now that it's become my occupation. It's, 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 it's something I never expected. 
Yeah, how, how, how has it changed your view? Because a lot of people say like, go and do what you love or do what you're interested in. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a bit, Oh, there's a bit of a differing view as to whether or not that's a good idea because you might really enjoy doing something, but as soon as you make it your job and it's like, oh, well, do you enjoy it as much as what you did when it wasn't your job? Yeah, you have to be prepared for that. I, yeah. would, I, I wasn't. I wasn't, but I've come to terms with it. it. It's taken some time and I do miss that casual aspect of being um, motivated in some way to jump on Discord and, you know, play with my mates and get in a squad play and, you know, be a part of the game. But it's, there was an interview done with a, a UFC fighter, Max Holloway, who just put on a masterpiece in his last fight. And one of the, one of the um, journalists asked him a question like, Max, you know, do you go back and watch all your old fights? And uh, when you have spare time, he's like, man, do you guys go and watch like journalists ask questions on YouTube? It's my job. <laughs> it's the same thing. And I, I watched that and I'm like, man, I really understand that now. <laughs> um, but until you experience it, it's hard. It's hard to believe. It's honestly hard to believe. If you told me that this was going to happen, I would have said, no way, mate, I'm just going to keep playing. Why wouldn't I? It's going to be, it's good practice for me. You know, I'm playing the same game off, off stream that I play on stream. Surely it's going to help me, but you have to, you have to balance it. What if you burn out? What if you don't enjoy, or what if you view your play style when you play on stream as your better play style. And then mm. when you go and play with your mates, it's not the same. It's it sort of mm. then which, which quality drops, what happens? So I think the safer play and what I've tended to lean towards and ended up doing is I either play a different video game. That's more casual, um, but very rarely, or I watch my mates and we just talk like that, that to me, I get more enjoyment out of because yeah, I have to make the sacrifice of knowing that if I want to keep it at that high quality and, and keep doing it, every day, seven hours a day, six days a week, I can't burn out. Mm. Otherwise, if you take a break or yeah, it's, it's, it could be really detrimental for your career, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. And it sounds like you're dealing with some different challenges than what you probably would have expected when you were Big time. You know, coming out of high school. Why Big don't time. we walk through what you were thinking then and, and how you got into, you know, your Bachelor of Commerce and in mm. commercial law. Uh, and then you can kind of step us through that progress through the education side of things. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in a um, pretty standard household. Um, my parents split up when they were really young, but my mum um, met my stepdad when I was sort of uh, just coming into high school. Um, is you know, the, the European mentality is sort of go to uni, get a degree, get a job and buy a house, have a family and just buy property and live off that, right? That's a very common, not just European, but I say that because people who are Greek or Italian or whatever, they'll, they'll understand that. Um, very, very traditional views. Very, exactly. Exactly. Very traditional. Um, and so I saw my brother, he did a commerce degree. I've always been a maths guy. I, I love numbers. I didn't like English. I did methods and specialist maths in, in high school. Um, so I was always more inclined to, to go towards numbers. So commerce a deacon with my interscope, I think I got like high eighties or whatever it was back then. Um, it was just like, okay, I'll go to commerce I'll go do a commerce degree rather, and then I'll hopefully get a job in a bank and just work my way up. Um, funnily enough, that's actually what happened. I got a job in the banks and started to work my way up. So, you know, here I am 18, 19 years old, and I started working doing debt collections, um, just ringing people up saying, Hey mate, your credit cards, this amount overdue, pay it now. And that sort of was an interesting experience. Uh, people don't really like being called by the bank, especially if they owe money. <laughs> Um, so that taught me a lot about, I don't want to be that person. I don't want, I need to be financially responsible because I don't want to be the guy getting that phone call one day. Um, but so I started working at the banks, moved from debt collecting to financial hardship. So rather than ringing people and saying, you owe money, it was people ringing us saying, Hey, um, I've had my partner who's the sole income earner break his leg and now he can't work. We're on a reduced income due to uh, income protection or whatever. Um, what can we do about loan repayment? So it was more about helping people, which is much more um, my style. I, I'm not really a guy that wants to push things in your face or I, I just want to help people, man. Um, so it was much better for me to, to get into that sort of side of banking. Um, and, and that sort of happened after the first year, two years while I was studying. And it allowed me to travel a lot. I can't, I cannot explain the importance of how much travel makes a difference to give you a better picture on life like going to Europe and seeing Greece and seeing the streets and seeing other countries just made me 
field, man, we are so lucky. And it gave me a lot of perspective. So working at the banks while doing uni and it being allowed, allowing me to travel was really good for my personal development. Um, now that I look back, um, but yeah, I was working in financial hardship and then the sort of next step from that, which was laid out to you was sales or lending in, 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 in my case. And so I thought, okay, I've been working in financial hardship for X amount of time. Uh, I'm coming out of uni pretty soon. I guess the next step is to go into, into lending. And so I was put into the video conference lending space. Um, and basically what I realized after doing that for a while was that sales was not for me. Um, I worked at the banks during the period where um, the Royal Commission was looking into, you know, the, the sales stuff that they were doing um, and being exposed to that environment of sell at all costs, just, you know, do what you have to do to get the loan across. It, it just, it didn't fit well with me. I, I have too much, uh, how do I say this without sounding arrogant? I have too much of a moral compass to be able to just come to you and say, Hey man, like you can, you need this product, blah, 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 blah. When I know mm. you don't, I've seen the back end. I mm. know I've had conversations with people in financial hardship that told me what the conversations I was now having led them to do. Yeah. And so it didn't really resonate with your values. No, it, it just you knew you because you knew about the financial hardship side. You're like, oh, out of these two things, like there was a break out. in the chain. It just yeah. it, it to me, it, it really didn't make sense. And it was it was hard for me to understand. Like people would do crazy things just to get things across. Like I worked in video conference lending, so everything was recorded, right? Um, which made it, you know, pretty good. In, in that sense, it wasn't it been, that. It would have been good for your streaming too. <laughs> Isn't it funny, man? I used to work with a camera right there <laughs> talking to people in the bank about their home loans with a light behind. It was, it's insane. It was meant when to you, be. It was meant to be, mate. It was meant to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good that it was all recorded, but people would do things like get details and ring off their personal mobile. So it wasn't recorded and say, Hey, I'm going to ring you on the recorded phone, have these conversations so we can push the loan this way and then it'll work. And I was sitting there and I'm like, is this like normal? It's just like just crazy things that I I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be exposed to. Um, and it sort of spiraled me pretty hard. Um, I then, or in my family, we have a history of mental health issues and, and, um, you guys touched on it. Luke touched on it at the start with the intro with regards to the mental health space. And this is sort of where that journey started. Um, it, it sent me spiraling and I'm just like, I've built my entire life thinking commerce, finance, financial planning, banking, and then I got exposed to the world and I'm like, this doesn't resonate with me. I don't, I don't really like this. I don't know what to do now. Like my world shattered in front of me. I, I, I didn't know who I was. What, I didn't what, know you, my... what you thought was true wasn't true. Yeah, exactly. I thought, I thought it was, it was all, you know, nice niceties and, you know, everyone's just helping each other. Well, the, the world is not always like that. So um, I basically went back to square, square one and, I went through a, a lot of uh, therapy sessions. So I went and did mental health checks with my GP to make sure that um, my sort of, you know, chemicals in my brain, my, my iron levels, everything was okay. So that it wasn't a medical fix that was needed because I really didn't want that. And it was something that I could talk out and, and deal with. And on, so on I, that, like, good on you for going and getting that sort of stuff checked out. Cause that's, yeah, a pretty, that's a pretty big thing to do. It's, it's, it's something that I think our generation is becoming more open to, but the previous generation was just like block out the fog, block out the, the darkness and just, you know, work hard, deal with it. But unfortunately with our world, our social media and how that impacts our generation, we're more inclined to unfortunately look at our phone look at someone on Instagram who chooses a perfect photo of themselves in a perfect environment and think, why isn't my life like that? And we feel shit. Right. And it's, it's an unfortunate side effect of social media and it's a really big problem in gamers as well. Um, but with my journey, I, I was exposed to that. I was, a, I was a gamer. I was looking at and using social media a lot and comparing myself and thinking, dude, this guy's 23 years old and buying a house and I'm 23 years old and I'm at home and can't function properly and have to go to therapy once a week for two hours to try and make sure that I don't scream my head off at people. And it was hard to deal with that, but over time you, you realize why that happens. And for me, it was all about purpose, right? Um, I needed a, a strong purpose to work towards. And so after the banking saga, 
like I said, did three to six months of therapy, uh, therapy. I got a, a job at a hotel just to earn some money while I was doing that, living at home still. And then I'm like, all right, as what do you love? Um, I love sport. Uh, I like sort of helping people and I've always been really good with kids uh, for some reason, even when I was like 10, 11, the three-year-olds, four-year-olds would fight over sitting next to me at the dinner table at family dinners and stuff. And so I've always resonated well with kids. Even now, like I have 15 year olds who watch my stream and I resonate well with them. Um, and so I thought, okay, I love soccer. I love sport. I'm good with kids. Let's just coach soccer. And so I started doing volunteer coaching at Ashburton, um, coaching the under 13A team or whatever, and then worked my way up into um, Sports Star Academy coaching and doing, you know, 30 hours a week of soccer coaching from ages five to 17 elite program. Because I used to play soccer as a kid. I was a decent player. Um, so I could coach really well. Um, and then the whole master's degree came up. So um, during this whole time, I'm still having therapy, right? Just irregularly. So instead of once a week, it became once a month, then it became once every two months. Um, and it was still helping me understand that, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. This is my purpose. I need to help people. I then got them, uh, started doing the online master's degree while I was working at Sports Star Academy and then got into a, a sports management role, still finishing that off um, and realized that, I, I, you know, I think this is it. Like, I think I found my, my groove. Um, the master's degree took me to Madrid where I got to learn uh, at Real Madrid soccer club and, you know, do seminars over there, got to meet some of the players. It was for a, so for a soccer fan. It's an amazing experience. So just to touch on there, what was the thought process when you were like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm liking this sports thing. Is it, was the thinking, how do I make this into a proper career? Correct. And then do I need a formal piece of paper to make that 100%, happen? 100%. So because my degree in the past was finance, financial planning and com law, I thought to myself, well, I'm in sport, I'm coaching soccer, but I don't really want to coach at schools and soccer grounds for the rest of my life. I need to get back into a, a safer, you know, that, that safer environment of having a, a steady income. And, and that's why I chose to do the master's degree to sort of transition my knowledge of finance and, and, you know, business to a sporting side. Like can contextualize all, all of this. Exactly. Exactly. And it was to, as you said, get that piece of paper that if I went to a big company, which I ended up doing, um, it would make me a little more credible in the industry. It wasn't just, here's a banker that's trying his, go at sport. It's a guy who has clearly made a decision and put in time and effort to change his career path because that's what he knows he wants to do. Mm. Um, and that was the thinking behind it. It also gave me something to do in that period before or while I was coaching soccer a little bit less. So I was maybe only doing 10 to 15 hours a week instead of 35, which I got to. So it, it allowed me to fill in the time while living at home and being as you, as you know, in that standard traditional home, working and study, working part-time and studying is, it fits the bill. It's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so it sort of helped me with the relationship with my family, be like, look, you know, I'm, I'm doing things. And it was, the, it was the best thing for me. Like I, I really needed it because the life experience I got while in Madrid was, was unbelievable. And you said that the, that piece of paper helped you get a, you know, pretty good job at a pretty good company. Do you want to walk yeah, us through 100%. what that was? So I, um, I met a guy through Torrens University who worked at, the AFL. Um, and we had a really good sort of, we had really good chemistry and bonded very well in our, our time in Madrid. And I don't know if the degree itself helped me more than the relationship and networking that I did with, with this person. Um, but basically the, um, the guy who worked at the AFL said, man, I really like, you know, what you're doing. Your story is really cool. Um, I'll keep an eye out in the AFL for roles when they pop up. I'll recommend them to you based on what they fit. And now that you've done that, you know, degree in sports, it looks like you're really sort of um, pushing for a, a, a higher tier job, if you want to call it, in the industry. And I think we can make it happen. So this was probably middle to end of 2019 when I went on the trip, came back, I realized the sports management role I had just wasn't for me. And so I sort of stepped away from that and basically focused heavily on networking with the inside people at the AFL. And so end of 2019, I finally get a job description or two of them actually. 
one which probably wasn't as, as much for me, but he said, here's something that's available, but here's a more junior role in the, in the company. I think it'll suit you. And then you can sort of move into maybe something that suits you even more. And so the role that I applied for at the AFL, this is all on LinkedIn, by the way, guys, if you ever want to look at LinkedIn, you can see the journey. Um, I got a role in membership fan support for clubs. So my job was to basically help specific clubs um, with membership strategies and database management of their, their membership pool and pretty, pretty much make sure that what we're doing is going to sell them a lot of memberships, but also that the physical card they had would actually work when they scanned it at the gate. Very so important. it was very important, dude, very important. <laughs> so if that doesn't work, I did my job wrong. And I would have been, you know, if, if there's a news story that, you know, this club has 10,000 members that can't get through the door. <laughs> it's as fault. That's fault, mate. That's on me. <laughs> I did have a bit of trouble getting to the gate early in 2020. Was that, <laughs> was that, that could have been me, dude. Were you doing the AFLW cards? Because I tried to go no. the other night and I couldn't no. get in. No, I'm not doing Someone's <laughs> Someone in MSS isn't doing their job right, mate. Um, but... Yeah, so that was the end of 2019, start of 2020. I got the job in January of 2020. I remember being in Tasmania for a family wedding, getting a phone call from the AFL with my family all around me, and I'm like, yeah, I got the job. And they were like, woo, like, well done. It was really cool to, to get to that stage. Um, we know what happened in 2020. And I was working there for two to three months. The job necessarily... As, as the person advised me, maybe it wasn't the best fit for me, but if I could get through and learn the company, I could move into, and I was already talking to people basically about moving into Auskick. That was the plan to move into training programs and working once again. That, that's what I thought that coaching part was for. You know, I'm like, oh, I did that because I'm going to do this now. Um, but I got a phone call while working from home because we all had to be working from home from the AFL basically saying uh, I was on a one year rolling contract and they were saying, look, you're, you're pretty new. We're going to have to make some cuts because there's no fans going to the game. So, you know, 80% around 70%, whatever it is of their revenue is gone. And you're basically probably not going to get your job back. Um, it's going to be really unlikely because when we start again, the team is going to be quite small. And if you've got 15 people in a team that cuts down to five, are you really going to pick the guy who started and work there for three months, or are you going to pick the people that work there for 15 years? I totally understood that. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I was completely unaware that that was going to happen. It was just, it just, it really, really was a gut punch. I'll be honest with you. The second round of your kind of world falling apart in front of you again. 100%, 100%, man. That's exactly what it was. Um, and I thought I've got a commerce degree, a financial planning degree, worked in the banks, didn't resonate. Wasn't for me. I'm like baseline, sport coaching, get to the AFL within two, three years of working in sport. And it's like, man, that's pretty insane. And then for the first time in 120 years, the sport has to shut down. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I can't pick a winner. You know what I mean? I'm just rolling cap. I'm rolling snake eyes every time. And so, yeah, that, that sort of sat me down pretty hard. Um, I've been advised to start streaming 10 years, man. Since, since streaming was a thing, people were telling me, Aaron, you fit the bill. You should do it. You should do it. But I was never in the right place. I then looked at my situation. I'm living in a family owned property for the time being that I don't have to pay rent for. I have an NBN connection that I can have, and there's no one else that uses the internet here. I live on my own. And so I took a step back and I'm like, wait a minute, uh, by the way, I should, uh, go back a little bit at the end of 2019, I had a little bit of an epiphany moment before the AFL accepted me that I was going to be a streamer, but then the AFL called and I, I took that option. Um, so just delayed the inevitable. Correct. I knew that in 2019, that it was, it was the right thing to do. I had this moment outside. I remember the date. I remember the exact time and it just, it all went like that. I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I meant to do. But the AFL was too much of a, an opportunity to put down, uh, to, to resist. Um, so anyway, I've, I've known then for six months that that's what I wanted to do three, six months. I then took a, that step back and I'm looking at my life and I'm like, hang on a minute. If I'm watching this guy's life movie, he said six months ago, he wants to be a streamer, but took a, a safe job and that didn't work out. He's living in a house on his own. He has the best internet connection available to him. He's got no one. He's got no one else there to worry about in terms of noise complaints. And he has really no bills that he has to pay apart from his food 
internet, electricity, and water, gas. You know, I don't have to pay and, rent. And any games that you, you buy to play. <laughs> and any games I buy to play and stream. Exactly, exactly, Sarge. Now conveniently tax deductible. <laughs> now, yeah, man, see, he's, he's, he's onto it. Um, I see what I'm you're like, on about, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he, he still hasn't started. And I'm like, this guy told me at the start of the movie that that's what he wanted to do. And his life situation is perfectly set up for it. Why isn't he doing it? And that just set a fire under me. I'm like, nah, this is the time. This is, this is basically when it has to happen. So this was in probably May, June. Um, I've always had a conversation with a really good friend of mine, Darren, um, where we've looked at esports businesses over the years, but we haven't been in the situation, nor do we have the credibility to start something and people will come to us and say, yeah, we want these guys to help us. I've now realized why I've gone through these things, why I've worked at the AFL, why I've gotten the master's degree in sport, why I'm becoming a Twitch streamer to get that credibility, to then start this esports business and, and helping people with how to get a career in it. Like we spoke about at the start, Luke, um, it, it all started to just click and I'm just like, let's do it. Um, we bought the lights. Um, I upgraded my computer recently. We got the, the studio mic, webcam, everything. The room has a, uh, curtains literally behind where the desk sits. So the, the lighting is perfect during the day. Um, the walls behind me are cream with a couch that a dog can sleep on. And, and we there's can a real set up, dog there. That's a real dog with a fake dog. Daisy, are you there? No, you're sleeping. Um, and set up, you know, artwork in the background to sort of show my interest and create conversation. It was, you, you literally couldn't have scripted it better to have this start. And I thought, man, this is it. Like, this is when I'm going to do it. And yeah, I, I, I did. Well, 2020, obviously everyone knows what, what happened during that, but terrible time for many reasons, but also a time of opportunity for many others. And um, it sounds like you kind of took that by the reins and now you're kind of doing what you love. But just an observation from that story, which I think is fantastic, is that there's a few things that come through. You're yeah. very passion driven and you kind of know what you're about and you know 100%. what you're not about. Yep. But do you think that you would have become so self-aware or as self-aware as you are now, if you hadn't gone through those different stages in that journey, you know, the banking um, time in your life that you didn't necessarily love, do you think you'd be as comfortable with yourself now as you are if you hadn't gone through all of that? No way. No way. The life experience for me, that that's why it hadn't happened yet. It, this is my opinion. I'm a little bit a little bit spiritual in, in that sense where the reason it hadn't happened was because I hadn't gone and taken the necessary steps that I needed. I needed to be a 28 year old man that had all this life experience and basically have the thing shoved in my face before I had to start. That might not be everyone else, but I needed to go through those challenges. I needed to take the mental health journey that I had to make sure that I was prepared and ready um, to basically set myself up to be okay with being on a, on a camera and, and, basically making my life public. Um, and, and until you love yourself, you can't really push out any love. Right. And, and I needed to be okay with myself before coming to terms with that decision. And I'm really a big advocate on that mental health space. I think if you are ever, I personally believe it should be mandatory for every person at the age of 21 to have five mental uh, psychological sessions just to talk it out. I don't care how good you feel. Because at 21, it starts to change. Um, probably at 25 for some people. For me, it was 26, 28. Um, and, you know, I'm a big advocate of companies, you know, that, that do make that sort of help. Like Beyond Blue, please. I'm happy to talk about and I just want to raise money for you guys or a company of, of that sort of stature. That's pretty much all I want to do. The gaming is the medium to get me to make a difference in that world. That's that's why I know it works for me because the purpose is so strong. As you said, Sarge, I I'm very much about having that purpose and the journey prepared me perfectly. And I look back and while it was some of the darkest, toughest times I had to do it, you know what I mean? Like I had to go through it. <laughs> That's a couple of things that we are keen to talk about on, on this podcast from a careers perspective. It's, I think one, realizing, particularly for students that are listening, you might feel like, you know, you're 18 or you're 16 and you're getting to the end of school and that's getting to a, the end of a really big step in your life or uni, whatever it is, but yep. you are really young. And even, you know, we're in our late 20s now. We are really young. There's heaps of Correct. time to go. We've had a couple of different small careers already and we've probably got five or six changes ahead of us. 
Um, so it's important to learn from all of those steps and, you know, not rush through it and really reflect on what you're learning from those experiences as you go through them. Yeah. But also as an observation of what you've done, every step that you've gone through, you've taken it with a lesson of saying, okay, what is my purpose going to be for my next step? Correct. And you've broken it down into those first principles of, you know, if, if you've written down on a piece of paper, this guy's gone from lending in a bank to coaching junior soccer, you'd be like, what's he doing? But Correct. how you said, okay, no, I need to break it down and say, what am I actually passionate about here? Yes. Working with people, making people be better people themselves. How can I do that quite easily? What's a low barrier of entry there? Yep. Junior coaching, it fits a bill. Yeah, so exactly. What, what, what would you say to, you know, students that are coming through, might not know what they want to do or they know what they are passionate about, but they're like, oh, do I get into that? That's not a real career or my yeah. friend's going to think oh, X, Y, and Z. What would you say to them? I would say the first thing is spend less time on social media, comparing yourself to other people at the same point of age, same point of age. It doesn't mean maturity. It just means age in your life. And be honest with yourself. Like deep down, you really, I think everyone knows at a certain point whether or not the decision is right for them, but they have pressures around them, social pressures, family pressures, financial pressures that lead them to make the comfortable decision. Sometimes if you want to, if you want to get to the stage where you do what you love and it doesn't feel like you go to work every day, you have to take the leap at some point. Again, shout out to Darren, who's said that to me and it set something off. Um, you must take that leap because at the end of the day, you don't want to look back on your life and have regrets about thinking, man, I wish I had done that. That, that to me was my biggest fear looking back and thinking, I regret that I didn't ever take that shot. Because you never know unless you take it. Um, you also need to be realistic with yourself, though. As, as much as that dreamy stuff sounds amazing, and it, you know, you look at people like Conor McGregor, who was a plumber for three years, and then now he's a hundred million dollar man who owns his own whiskey and drives a yacht to an island in Abu Dhabi to fight. Um, not everyone's going to be that guy or that girl, and that's okay. You just have to be realistic with yourself. What is your passion? If your passion is building a family you know, having a really nice house and just working for the sake of money and using that money to spend on your passions, man, do that. You might not be like me who needs to do what they love every day. Uh, my brother runs his own financial planning business. He likes helping people with their finances, but I'm sure he'd love to be able to play video games all day and get paid, but it's not for him. So he likes to do it elsewhere. Kids coming up at school, it's really hard to understand what you know or what you want to do at the age of 16, 17, 18. I think it's almost impossible. But be honest with yourself, be honest with what you love and go that way because you'll feel in your gut if it's right or not. You, you definitely will. And then if it's not right, it doesn't matter because you'll end up finding what's right and you'll look back and you'll think, I know why I did that now, which is exactly what's happened to me. I know why I lended money. I know why I coached soccer. I know why I worked at the AFL. It was to give me the life experience to set myself up, to sit in front of a camera and play video games, uh, video games with people and just talk absolute garbage while I do it. And people love it. And I think on that, there's a, I'm just thinking back to an interview that I was watching with Elon Musk. And he, he said, what's your, he got asked, what's your advice for college students basically. But I think anyone mm. can take this. He's like, realize that this is the part of your life where it's okay to take risks. And 100%. if anyone is and like calculated risk though. So if yes. anyone's listening to this podcast, you're in, you know, a pretty good space in life. You've got a supercomputer in, in your pocket and, and you, you've, you're pretty comfortable. Correct. So if you're living at home and you're coming out of high school or into uni and you want to start a business doing gardening or whatever you want to do, like go and do it because that even if it fails, it'll probably be fine. Correct. And um, that's the best time to do it. Like you said, Luke, because you've got that safety net there. I, I was lucky that my family situation provided that safety net in the form of this home. So I had, I, I it was, it came for me later, but it might come for you at 17. It might come for you at 18. It might come for you at 25. You might get five jobs before you realize the sixth job is the right one. You might get 10. The, 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 the thing that we, get so hung up on. And like I say, it's because of social media. We think that if we make one mistake, we're a failure because we compare ourselves to other people. People who play video games are so prominent to those things because they use video games as an escape. They use their, their phone as an escape. You can't do that. that. That's a trap. Use it to connect with your friends and to communicate 
but do not get in the trap of comparing yourself to others who are at the same age point as you, because it will drive you into a, a really bad spiral and it might be hard for you to get out. It took me two and a half years of therapy to get out of that. And I think you can, you can also look at it on the, the flip side as well, right? It's not so much, oh, all my friends are doing these amazing things. I want to do something that might be looked on as subpar. Sure. I'll go and take a risk to do that. It could be the opposite. If all your friends are staying in Melbourne or Sydney or wherever you live, but you really want to go and study X, Y, Z in Perth or in another country, take the risk, go and do it. Like it, it, there's, um, yeah, it, it's just that perspective that I think is super important, which you have kind of personified in your story, which is awesome. Yeah. Find a way, find a way. Watch. I, 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 I love Queen's Gambit, right? Amazing show. I spoke about it earlier. I see so many similarities to me in that story. It's unbelievable. It's a young person who's always loved one thing, who sort of um, has been quite good at it in some way. You know, they're in a family that doesn't really understand it, but realize that when she starts doing it and becomes successful, that we should support this. And that doesn't always happen. Your family's not always going to fly with you to another country and pay for your tournament so you can win. But coming to that realization of that's what you love and, you know, her making the changes at the end of her, of the show to get rid of all the bad things in her life, which is exactly what I did. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped going out as much. I stopped staying up late. I started exercising more, man. Everyone talks about it, guys. It's not a, it's not a super formula that no one can understand. Everyone says it because it's true. Like it's, it's, that's how you get out of those holes. You have to put in the work, and once you do, you reap the rewards. It's simple. That's the hard work that I had to do. It was mental hard work. It wasn't going out and building a house. It wasn't sweating. Well, the gym part is sweating, but you know what I mean? It's, it's that mental work that I had to go through. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's not as hard as it, as it seems, but, no, it, but it's, it, not. it's hard to take those first steps. And once yeah. you do that, then when, then everything will be okay. You just need to stick to it. Yep. Build the good habits, build the good routine. Yeah. Um, and you'll be surprised at what, your body and mind will do when you're passionate about something. It's yeah, for me, it's been unbelievable. So I spread the message again to everyone that goes through those problems, speak to an organization like beyond blue headspace, whoever it is, speak to your mates, come to my stream and speak to me. I'll pause my game and stop playing to talk to you. And I'm not a psychologist, but I I've been in that room for quite a while. So I know how to, to have those discussions and I'm, I'm more than happy to Daisy will help out if you need whatever you need, <laughs> man. Like, be open about it and be honest with yourself and yeah, anything's possible. Well, as I think that's great advice and it's a fantastic place to leave it. So thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been awesome to hear what what's happening in the esports space and we'll have to send plenty of people to your, to your Twitch stream to help grow that following. Thank you so much, boys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a profession you would like to know more about, a question you would like us to ask, or a story you would like to tell, please reach out to us on the social channels at either the Young Professionals Podcast, TYPPAU, or our personal profiles. We'd love to hear from you.